Welcome to the West Virginia Writers Podcast, a service of West Virginia Writers Incorporated, the Mountain State's largest all-volunteer nonprofit organization dedicated to writers. Established and incorporated in 1977, West Virginia Writers continues to support writers and writing statewide through program sponsorship, an annual writing contest, and an annual Summer Writers Conference. This podcast is dedicated to promoting the organization, its members, and events, as well as writers throughout Appalachia and beyond. And now, broadcasting from atop a hill in Mercer County, here is your host, El Presidente, Emeritus. Hola, citizens, and welcome to Episode 3 of the West Virginia Writers Podcast. I am your host, Eric Fritchus, a.k.a. Emeritus. This podcast is brought to you by West Virginia Writers' latest contest winners anthology, Seeking the Swan. This collection features award-winning literary creations by such authors as Jeffrey Cameron Fuller, Rachel Maynard, Jim Koenig, Edwina Pendarvis, Sandra Vrana, Kathleen Furby, and Rhonda Browning-White. You can find it at our website for $16 plus shipping. It can also be found at fine bookstores around the state. If your local fine bookstore doesn't have it, please be so kind as to kick them in the knee for us. Barring that, please ask them to contact us. Right at our website, wvwriters.org, we'll make arrangements to alleviate their lack of seeking the swan. We're now six weeks away from the Summer Writers Conference that's coming up June 12th through the 14th at Cedar Lakes in Ripley, West Virginia. While we've spoken in the past about what's being planned for this year's conference, I thought it might be nice to look back at conferences past to give listeners who might be on the fins about coming kind of a glimpse of some of the highlights from the past few years. And because highlights vary from person to person, I thought it would be good to bring in a perspective from someone else, maybe somebody I've known for most of my conference attending years. So I chose Rhonda White. Rhonda served West Virginia writers as a regional representative, secretary, and currently is one of the advisors to President Terry McNemer. She's also almost always a major presence at the summer conference, except for last year, when she didn't come because she had the paltry excuse of having moved 800 miles away to her new home in Florida. However, she's scheduled to make a return appearance this year, not only because she wants to see her old friends and family, but also because she's going to be a conference presenter herself. Rhonda White, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Eric. Thanks so much. Now, let me tell you, and I know you're going to be jealous of this, living in Florida and all, but today, outside in West Virginia, it's a crisp, cloudy 49 degrees. I guess you don't want to hear about the blue skies and the palm trees swaying in the breeze and the 80-degree temperature we're having, do you? No, no, no. That, that's just... Uh, <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't share that then. Glad to talk to you. It's been a while. Thank you. It has. It seems like, uh, I guess the last time I saw you was probably conference a couple of years ago, and I was I was delighted to hear you were planning on coming back this year. I wouldn't miss it. I feel like I've been away from home too long, and not just home as the, the parents' uh, farm, but home as the West Virginia Writers Conference. That's got a special place in my heart. How long have you been a member of West Virginia Writers? I've been a member since 2002. I, I guess I've been in there since 2003, so we're kind of... Almost classmates in that regard, I oh, guess. Yeah. Yes. When did you first learn about the organization? How did you how'd you find out about it? I learned about the group following their uh, 2002 spring writing competition. I saw a list of contest winners in the newspaper in Mercer County. And uh, I had just started writing, and I knew right away I needed to find out what that group was about and find out how I could join and see if they could help me become a better writer because I was really rough when I started. What was your what was your first conference? What what year was that? 
Um, that was in 2004. Even though I joined the group in 2002, I didn't attend my first conference until a couple of years later. Um, I, to be honest, I wasn't sure I was a good enough writer, whatever that is, but I just didn't feel like I was skilled enough to attend a full weekend of workshops. And I was really nervous about going into a group, large group of people I didn't know, I'd never met. I just didn't feel good enough, to be honest. I, I think a lot of people maybe even have a, a kind of a fear of coming to the conference because it, it does seem to be uh, a group that may be kind of cliquish, you, you might think. You say the, yeah. this group's been around for 30 years, 32 years as of this year, and uh, how, how does someone new come in? I mean, I literally had an agoraphobic contact me last year and say, uh, explain that she was an agoraphobic. She didn't like to leave her house, but she really wanted to come to the conference and was kind of concerned um, it, if, if it would be a welcoming place. And I was like, you'll be fine. And absolutely. Yeah. She absolutely. came in, she came to me afterwards and said that it was, it was so completely a great experience for her. And she was so glad she came. It is. It's, it's not a big, scary place. It's, um, it's, there's something in West Virginia writers for anyone who loves words. Um, whether you write poetry or fiction or screenplays or memoirs or newspaper articles, technical manuals, whatever, you'll meet someone there who does the very same thing you do. And there will be someone there that you can relate to who will encourage you and help you navigate the writing and publishing world. And, you know, even if you can't write but you love to read, you'll find the bookstore there at the conference that's full of some of the best Appalachia has to offer. Plus, a lot of the authors will be around to sign your books and and chat with you and give you the inside scoop on how they wrote their story and why. You don't have to be afraid to approach any of the authors, any of the workshop leaders, or any of the West Virginia Writers members. It's really the friendliest group of people you'll ever meet. And in that regard, it's it's kind of almost not like a conference at all. I mean, we, we've got the basic conference format. We've got the name tags, presentations to attend, and, and that all. But, but beyond that, things are pretty well relaxed. It is. That's why I said it feels like coming home. Um, I mean, it really does. It's a it's a group of friends and family, and um, I mean, some of the people that I first met there that first year, they're my very best friends now. It's a gifted group of people, and they're more than willing to teach anyone else who wants to learn the craft. One of the things I thought we could talk about is our top five conference memories. <laughs> the ones I can talk about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. That one's kind of tough, um, probably because there's so many to choose from. Yeah, I had a lot of trouble narrowing my list down, and probably if I thought about it for another minute, I would change most of my answers anyway. But Exactly. Let's start um, with your number five. My number five. I don't know. I guess maybe the walks around the lake, um, late night walks. I mean, everybody's so jazzed from the excitement and the conference inspiration. It seems like no one can sleep, so... You know, you go out at night and you find all these little groups of people or couples or even singles walking around the lakes and the cabins at all hours. It's, it's like no one wants to sleep. Everybody just wants to keep the conversations going. That brings up a good point about Cedar Lakes itself. It's such a beautiful conference center. You think conference center, but this is more like going away to summer camp. They've it got is. cabins and various lakes, as you would expect, for a place called Cedar Lakes. And, and I guess the primary one is the one right there in the center of the campus that has a, a walkway that goes across it kind of a causeway I guess and it's not always as well lit as you would hope if you're trying to walk back from the campfire at at like one in the morning and three in the morning yeah I guess my number five would be uh winning third place for Appalachian writing in 2005 it's the only time I've ever placed at all in the the writing contest and I'd even forgotten that I'd entered that category 
So I was, wasn't even paying attention until the judge, June Langford Berkeley, uh, had to ask somebody nearby how to pronounce the last name of the third place winner. And then I was like, oh, well, it's gotta be me. Nobody can pronounce Fritchie, so. <laughs> yeah, that Saturday night awards banquet, that's really exciting when they announce all the winners of the spring writing competition. Uh, there's nothing like hearing your name, uh, except maybe when you cash the check they hand you. That's pretty good. What do you think your number four would be? I guess probably the entertainment. Um, you know, the live entertainment we have each night at the conference from the bonfire to the singers and the dancers we've had and acoustic guitar. The first time Pop Swather ever played at our conference, it was incredible. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. Um, the first time I'd ever seen a full house standing ovation there. And I think if he'd have played all night, no one would have cared except for him maybe. No, nope. and he was fun. back last year along with Keith and Joan Pitzer and awesome. just did an amazing show. And Keith and Joan will be there this year as the primary entertainment for Saturday night. That's exciting. I guess my number four would be my first conference as president. Nearly everything that could go wrong went wrong, <laughs> uh, from our literary agent's flight being canceled twice. And then we had some major bumps in the business meeting. And then there was, of course, the, the annual massive storm that comes through. Like every year we expect... There's going to be rain. You just know coming to the conference, there's going to be a massive storm come through, torrential downpour. But this time it took out the air conditioning in the banquet hall and kind of made things a bit sweltering in there. So we we were trying to make the banquet as short as possible just to get people out of there so they could cool off. Absolutely. It didn't help that we were all soaked to the skin, too, when we got there from the rainstorm, which is a good point. You always need to bring extra shoes when you come to the conference. Speaking of the storms, you weren't there for this part. This is actually my number three. Well, last year the storms came through a couple of days before the conference and took out the main hall where, where most of the conference activity takes place other than the workshops. And so we had to relocate to an entirely different building. Everything rolled just oh. fine. Um, it, Cedar Lakes was, was very good at working with us, and, and so I think it all worked out great in the end. It just was a different conference experience not being able to be in that main hall. But this year... You know, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise and storms don't come through and take it out again, we'll be back. But even when something like that happens, we always roll with the punches there. What was your number three? Probably, um, I don't know, maybe dragging poor Chris Cole through the mud puddles. <laughs> in the le- <laughs> During a torrential downpour, we were all at the, uh, the bonfire one night, and one of those amazing cloud bursts that always happens when you're as far away from your cabin as you can possibly be happened, and... Um, Chris is a wonderful guy, and he's a blind man, and I was his guide chicky for the night and trying to lead him around there. And the great thing about Chris is you would never know he's blind other than the fact he wears his sunglasses at night. And uh, so I kept forgetting that he couldn't see, so I would dodge the puddles and lead him right through them. So that that was pretty embarrassing, but it was a lot of fun, too, because he had a great sense of humor and talked about the blonde leading the blind. It was was quite fun. I guess uh, probably my number two would be, and you touched on this in your number four, was performing in Joe's shorts, the the night of stage readings we did of the short plays of the late Joe McCabe. Yes, that was fun. We did that again last year. Um, it, it, of course, was not the same without Joe there to oh. narrate the proceedings and uh, see his work performed. Um, we miss him an awful lot, and he he's... Yeah. For those who may not be familiar with him, he's one of the people that's on the literary map of West Virginia, which you can find, Google, literary map of West Virginia. Uh, but uh, a poet and just a, a very, very nice soul. Joe took all of these ignorant hillbillies 
one of which am I, and <laughs> put us on stage and handed us a script which we had not practiced, not read, and said, go to it. Let's act this out on a stage in front of all the conference attendees. So, you know, if it wasn't such a friendly group, you'd have probably gotten ill and had to run out crying. Uh, but it, they're such a great group of people. They just laughed all the way through our fumbles and mistakes. And, you know, you were there on the stage, and Ethan Fisher and Perry McNamara was there, and Austin Rimple, just a, a, a great group of people were up there acting out the plays. And Joe was so encouraging and, and kept it rolling even when we fumbled our lines. So it was a lot of fun. What was your number two? I don't know that I have a number two. I can give you one through 20, but I don't know that I have a number two. I didn't put anything in order for you, Eric. Just uh, the fact that we all get so jazzed while we're there, um, just the inspiration from one classroom to another. I would have to say, though, that probably one of the top ones was the first time I ever sat there and, and heard Lee Maynard speak and read what he had written on a notebook that was going to be in a future book someone, an author of that caliber, to just, you know, freehand a story while you're there and read it and then find out later it's going to be published in a book. And to know you were there and heard it the first time he read it aloud, that was pretty amazing. Now, was that the one during Pop's concert where he got up and read his story? It was. That yes, was Pop truly amazing. Yes, yes. And, in fact, that kind of dovetails with what I wrote down for number one is just the whole beyond the entertainment, beyond the the just the personalities that are there and the late night sessions sitting on either the porch of Cedars Lodge or of Holt Lodge, listening to folks like Lee Maynard and Pops Walker and, and George Lees, Robert Tunnell, Kirk Judd, Terry McNamer, Boyd Carr, just sitting around shooting the breeze, telling stories. Exactly, exactly, because you're hearing stories that are going to be in stories. We even joked one time about writing a, a, an anthology called Stories from the Porch, but then we decided probably no one would believe them, even though they were true. <laughs> and uh, if they did believe them, some of us might end up in jail. So we just decided to let that one go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the after-hours camaraderie is definitely a, a major part of, of the, the conference experience. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we always invite newcomers down to the, the campfire at night, and pretty much everybody winds up down there for, for a bit and sit around the campfire. People play music. And just the conversations are, are amazing. It really is, yeah, to hear all those brilliant minds in one place. and It's, it's just amazing. Like you said, there's not a better word I can use to describe it. Uh, what advice would you have for conference newcomers? Bring a notebook because you're not only going to receive a lot of great advice and information from people who really know the ropes and have been there and done that, but you're going to be so inspired. You'll get these little lightning bolts of of inspiration, and you've got to have a place to write them down before you forget them. So, and we will be notebook. providing notebooks to to people oh, in great. our conference packet, so you'll get a notebook there. But feel free to bring your own if you have a journal kind of thing that you you keep up with. I guess one of my major bits of advice is to go see the entertainment. We we've been talking about Pops Walker and the amazing concert he gave. We've had some amazing, amazing people there, uh, from Jake Crack and his fiddle playing to Paul Epstein, the Weed Hawks. Uh, Keith and Joan Pitzer last year, he'll be back. And and while the, we get decent enough crowds for these things, it, it doesn't always feel like the majority of conference attendees are there. And I think people miss out on some truly cool experiences. I agree. I agree. It's it's just wonderful. And, you know, these are people like, for example, Pop Swalker. He can fill a hall and uh, sell out a concert. And yet we have him there and it's free to come and listen to him. And, and it's just inspiring to hear these people. And it's a lot of fun, too. 
Now that we've got the conference registration on our website at wvwriters.org, um, people I advise to go ahead and make their room and meal reservations in advance. I mean, for the conference itself, we always accept walk-ins on the day of the conference, so there's no problem there. But if you plan to stay or eat at Cedar Lakes, they need to know it in advance. So all those forms can be found there on the website. And another great piece of advice, Eric, people mm-hmm. need to go ahead and mark their calendars for the second weekend in June for years to come. Because once they come, they're going to want to come back. Like I said, it's like going home. If you come once, you'll want to come every year. Yeah, there's no family vacations taking place second weekend of June from now on out. That's right, exactly. It's a big red X on my perpetual calendar. Also, uh, probably uh, a a nice bit of advice we could give is to be sure to bring a sweater or a hoodie because it does always get kind of cold there. But Absolutely. Chilly in the mountains and there on the lake and uh, probably a rain gear wouldn't hurt for the monsoon that always blows through. Rhonda, what are you reading these days that uh, that that's excited you? Oh wow, um, I've just finished um, Alice Siebold's, um I can't think of the name of it. It's right after the Lovely Bones, Almost Moon. That's a very good book. Just finished that one, and I read Ron Rash's One Foot in Eden. Um, just finished it last week, and right now I'm reading Ludie's Life, which is a book of poetry by Cynthia Ryland. It's set in the hills of West Virginia. It's oh wow, a really good book of poetry, yeah. Well, Rhonda White, thank you very much for joining us here on the podcast, and I look forward to seeing you again at the conference this year. You're welcome, Eric. I'll see you there. Rhonda White's stories and essays have appeared in West Virginia Executive, Thrive, Gambit, The Seeker, Mountain Echoes, Bluestone Review, and in the West Virginia Writers Literary Anthologies, Mountain Voices, and Seeking the Swan. Her editing services can be found through Inspiration for Writers website, which we have linked on our own podcast website, wvwriters.org slash podcast.html. As I said earlier, we're only six weeks away from the Summer Writers Conference. We're encouraging everyone who'd like to attend that to go ahead and pre-register. All the details are available at our website, but the basic pricing structure is as follows. If you're a current member of West Virginia Writers, the cost is only $100 for the full three-day conference or $85 for a two-day session of that. That's either Friday and Saturday or Saturday and Sunday. For non-members, the cost is $120 for the full three days or $100 for the two-day registration. There are also single-day prices as well. Now, the costs I just mentioned don't include the cost of your room or your meals. That's something you need to arrange with Cedar Lakes Conference Center itself. All the costs for that are also on our website's conference page that can be found at wvwriters.org and then choose the conference link on the left-hand side. Next week on the show, we'll be talking to Kathy Pleska. Kathy's a memoirist and radio essayist whose work has appeared 22 times on West Virginia Public Radio. She's been a part of West Virginia Writers for many years and is this year's nomination for our Office of First Vice President. We'll talk to her about her views on the current state of literary Appalachia and about her portrayal of early 20th century photographer Francis B. Johnston for the West Virginia Humanities Council's History Alive program. Our opening voiceover was provided by Marcus Vowell. Our show's theme music is used with permission by its composer, Pops Walker, whose albums can be found at popswalker.com. If you have any comments or suggestions about the podcast or would like to do a recorded reading for us, we can be reached by email at wvwpodcast at gmail.com. This podcast has been produced by Mr. Herman's Production Company Limited and was recorded at the Mr. Herman Studios atop a hill in Mercer County.